Well, currently we're in a message series which is called Exodus, God's Plan. We're looking at the book of Exodus. We're studying how God worked through a man named Moses in order to save a nation and actually impact our world today. Now, as we study the stories from the Old Testament, we need to remember, first of all, they're true stories. These aren't made-up stories. These are stories of things that actually happened, of people that actually lived. And secondly, these stories are not just ancient history. They can teach us important principles that affect our lives today. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11 says, Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. And so the, this, is, this verse in the New Testament was written about Old Testament stories. They are examples to us. They're written for our instruction. We can learn how to trust God in difficult situations that we face today. And so I want to just take a few minutes. This is our second message in this series. Take a few minutes to, to uh, review the story of Moses so far in case you missed last Sunday's message. That was called How God Answers Prayer. Uh, it's available on our website as well as on our Facebook page. Now, the nation of Israel was living in Egypt at this time. They were growing large in numbers, and the Pharaoh wanted to reduce their numbers because they were becoming too powerful, and so he commanded that all the baby boys be killed. Now, in that time period, Moses was born. And as we'll see today, behind the, this power, this governmental power of the Pharaoh, who was the ruler of all Egypt, lay the evil power of Satan himself. And Satan's plan was to kill all the babies to eliminate future godly leaders, such as Moses. That was his strategy. Down through Israel's history, Satan had enticed people to offer their babies as sacrifices to idols, usually by burning them in a fire. Leviticus 18, verse 21, God commands us, you shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, which was a, a common idol that children were sacrificed to. And so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. And so we see the devil working in Moses' life, in that time period, to try to eliminate godly leaders by killing the children. And today we see Satan still working in the scourge of abortion. Unborn babies are sacrificed to idols, though they don't have names like Molech, but they have names like pleasure and names like convenience. Now Moses' parents were people of faith, and they chose to disobey the government command that their babies would be killed, and they chose to obey God. And so they kept Moses alive. And ultimately, Moses ended up growing up in the Pharaoh's court for 40 years. He fled to the desert and was there for another 40 years. And at 80 years of age, God called Moses. He appeared to him on a burning bush, called him to return to Egypt and set his people free. And that's where our story begins today. And we've entitled it Confront Evil. God calls believers to not turn a blind eye to evil, but to confront evil. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And so we are to shine the light of truth, shine the light of the gospel on evil around us in the world. And that's what Moses had to do. He had to confront the evil of Pharaoh, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. 
And as we study the life of Moses, we're going to learn how God enables us to accomplish difficult tasks for him as we confront evil. We need to remember when we confront evil, we're not merely interacting with people, but with demonic powers behind them. And so as Moses was confronting this evil Pharaoh, he was confronting the demonic spirits behind the gods and the idols that the Egyptians worshipped. And as we go through this series, we'll learn more about that conflict. But when God calls us to a difficult task, we need to be prepared for difficulty. The story begins in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. And so Moses and Aaron got up their courage. Somehow they found a way to get an audience with the, the leader of the world power of the time, the Pharaoh of Egypt. They went into him, and they simply told him what God told them to say. God had warned Moses that Pharaoh would not let the people go, but I believe in his heart Moses was hoping the Pharaoh would say, yeah, sure, I'll let the people go. But that's not what happened. In fact, the Pharaoh wouldn't even discuss the issue. He didn't know who the Lord was. He wanted to keep the Israelites as his slave labor force. I mean, he was getting a lot of profit out of them. And so not only did Pharaoh refuse to let the people go, well, things went from bad to worse. In verse 6, the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks, as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, but the number of bricks that they made in the past shall impose, uh, number of bricks that they made in the past, you shall impose on them, you shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. And so it seems to me that Moses' request angered the Pharaoh, and he was going to teach the people a lesson. Uh, in those days, the bricks were made by mixing mud with straw to make it stronger. And in the past, the government of Egypt had provided the straw to the slaves to mix and make the bricks. But now, they would have to glean their own straw. They'd have to go out to the fields, rummage among the stubble, and bring it in. And yet, they had to produce the same quota, the same number of bricks. And the Pharaoh was accusing the Israelites of being idle or lazy. And so Moses' attempt at freeing the Israelites from slavery was appearing to backfire. Not only was his request ignored by the Pharaoh, but now the plight of the slaves, the Israelite slaves, were made more difficult. And so what happened? Well, the Hebrew foreman of the Israelites came to Moses and they said to them, the Hebrew foreman said to Moses and Aaron, the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Well, not only had the Pharaoh rejected Moses' request, now even the Israelite leaders were accusing Moses of causing great problems, of making their life not better, but far worse. Things were not going as Moses had thought they would go. 
The plan didn't seem to be working. Moses had obeyed God, but the expected promise had not materialized. So let's think about what's going on here. Let's think about what happened to Moses in light of God's plans in general. God's plans for his people, God's plans for you and I, are never easy. Uh, sometimes we think, well, God, just give us the direction, we'll do it, and everything will just be fine, and we won't have a problem. But God, he gives us a vision, he gives us a plan to fulfill that vision, as he had given Moses. We begin to carry out God's plan, but I would say, usually, there is some major difficulty. Now, why is that? Well, the reason for the difficulty is that the power of evil is very real. Evil and the powers of Satan will fight against God's plans. They will fight against God's vision for our lives with everything they have. In fact, the pushback from the enemy is often so strong that we may feel like giving up. And it usually feels like what I would call the death of the vision. I mean, God gives us a vision and a plan, and all of a sudden it doesn't seem to be happening. It seems to be dying rather than coming to life. Things appear to be hopeless. And of course, that's Satan's strategy. To get us to feel hopeless and to get God's people to give up on God's plan and God's vision for their lives. And so we need to understand that when we pursue God's plans, there will be difficulty. We must realize that the resistance that comes against God's plans in our lives is not primarily with other people but with evil spiritual forces that we can't see that are seeking to derail God's plan. And so we need to be prepared for resistance, for rejection, for difficulty, so that we can continue to believe God, not giving up, and keep on following his plan. If we give up when the going gets tough, if we give up when it seems like the vision has died, then God's plan will what? Never be accomplished. And sadly, that happens in some people's lives. But rather than giving up, we need to, re to learn to rely on God's promises. Well, you can imagine how Moses felt. The Pharaoh said no. He caused great problems for the people. He made their lives worse. The people now began to grumble and complain to Moses. Well, Moses did what was right. He turned to the Lord and he said in verse 22, Moses turned to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people and you have not delivered your people at all. Well, Moses was not a happy camper, was he? Right now. You know, at last Sunday we learned that Moses was very reluctant to follow God's plan to begin with. It took a lot of convincing by God for Moses to go through and to come back to Egypt. And so it shouldn't surprise us that he seems now ready to give up. The going is tough. First, Moses, he blames God for doing evil to the Israelites. And then he blames God for sending him. And finally, he blames God for not delivering the people. Surprise lightning didn't come down from heaven, but it didn't. Obviously, Moses was looking for instant results. And they didn't happen. There was not immediate deliverance for the people. Again, we have a timing issue. We had a timing issue in Moses' life before, and we have it here again. God is going to deliver his people. In fact, he has promised. He promised Moses that he would do it. But it's not going to be easy. 
And it's going to take more time than Moses thought it would take. So what happened next? Well, God speaks to Moses. He tells him what to do in verse 1 of chapter 6. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out. And with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Speaking of sending out the nation of Israel, the people of Israel from Egypt. And so the Lord is now beginning to encourage Moses. He knows Moses is discouraged. He knows Moses is depressed. He knows Moses is blaming him for things he shouldn't be doing. But God is encouraging Moses here. He's giving him a promise regarding the plan. He's saying that, Moses, I'm going to work with Pharaoh. I'm going to work on Pharaoh's heart so that ultimately Pharaoh will send the people of Israel out of the land. You will be delivered in the future. Even though it doesn't look hopeful right now, Moses, you need to learn patience. You need to learn to trust me. And then God gives Moses further instructions. Verse 6, say therefore to the people of Israel from I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. And so Moses, uh, our God told Moses next to speak to the people of Israel again to tell them that the Lord would deliver them and he would deliver them with great acts of judgment. Judgment on the gods of Egypt. Now, Pharaoh hadn't listened to Moses. Pharaoh hadn't heeded his words. How would the people of Israel respond to Moses speaking to them what God told him to speak? Well, verse 9, Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit in harsh slavery. And so the people of Israel, their lives had been worse since Moses had come back. And they were working night and day to make these bricks. If they didn't make enough bricks, they got beaten. Moses' words seemed to them like a fantasy. His, his attempts at delivering them had made their lives more miserable, not less. And so they did not listen to Moses' words. They did not believe in Moses' words. Now, was Moses saying anything wrong? He says, no, he's telling the people exactly what God told him to say. He was following God's plan. He followed God's plan in speaking to Pharaoh. Now he was following God's plan in speaking to the people of Israel. Moses was discouraged, but he was not giving up. He was beginning to rely on God's promises, even though the fulfillment for those promises was still in the future. We learn in Hebrews chapter 11, which we don't have time to look at this morning, that Moses was a man of faith. And even though the vision of delivering God's people at this point seemed faint, he didn't know how it was going to happen, what did Moses do? He kept on obeying God's commands. And that's the key element in how faith is expressed, hearing from God and then obeying God. Now, if Moses had said to God, after God told him to speak to the people of Israel or speak to Pharaoh, I'm just not going to do it. It's not going to work, God. I'm not going to do it. Well, that's not faith, right? That's unbelief, and um, the plan would have not been fulfilled through Moses. But Moses kept on listening to God, obeying God's, God's commands. Now, God's plans for each person's life are different. What are God's plans for your future? If you're not sure, you need to ask God. He has a plan for every person's life. And it doesn't matter what age you are. 
Uh, you could be 15, you could be 50, you could be 80. God's still got a plan for the remaining period of your life. And he wants you to know that plan. Now, God doesn't normally give us all the details of his plan at once. He just gives us enough information to take the next step. Moses, this is what you do next. Speak to Pharaoh. This is what you do next. You speak to the people of Israel. And so it's not enough just to know what God's plan is for your life. You need to know what he wants you to do. And so you need to ask, God, this is a plan. What am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to do tomorrow? And as you ask God, he will give you instruction. He will give you the path to take. And when you do that, when you follow God's instructions, you will face opposition. We live in a fallen world. We're surrounded by forces that seek to stop us from following God's plan. We're going to see difficulty. We're going to see opposition. But if we keep on persevering, if we keep on believing God, if we keep on obeying and following his instruction, God is going to work things out. We obey God even though we don't know all of the details. God will always tell us enough to enable us to take the next step. And then we need to trust God to simply carry out his plan. Because without God's help, the plan will never be accomplished. We're on to chapter 7. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. And your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. Now, we need to remember that in Egyptian culture, the pharaoh was not just like the president of the United States. He was, he was the leader, like the president, but he was more than that. He was considered to be divine. He was considered to be a god. The pharaoh and the Egyptians, they worshipped other gods, but the pharaoh himself was considered to be a god himself. Now, according to the Bible, there are not many gods. There is only one true god, the Lord. All other supposed gods are simply demonic spirits. When people worship idols, other things they call gods, they're worshiping demons. Uh, demons are spirits that serve uh, Satan. So in these verses, God is telling Moses that he's making Moses like God to Pharaoh and Aaron as his prophet. And so Moses would speak all the words that God commanded him to speak as God was speaking through him. And then Aaron would speak the same words to Pharaoh. So in essence, Moses would relay God's words to Aaron, Aaron would speak to Pharaoh. The message would be the same as before. Pharaoh, you need to let the people of Israel go. Let them go from the land of Egypt. And so God tells Moses what's going to happen next. He says, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. And so the Lord then tells Moses what's going to happen next. He says he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart. The Pharaoh is going to be stubborn. He's going to be rebellious. He's not going to want to obey God. Of course, there's all kinds of things we could talk about God hardening Pharaoh's heart. As you look through the book of Exodus, we see verses that say God is going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And we see verses that are saying that Pharaoh is going to harden his own heart. So which is it? Well, the Bible tells us that both are true. Uh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh hardened his own heart. 
It's the age-old tension between human responsibility and, and God's sovereignty. They're both true. It's hard to reconcile in our minds, but that's what the Bible teaches. And so God was making clear to Moses that even signs and wonders, which he had already given Moses some signs and wonders, some miracles to perform, they would not get Pharaoh's attention. It would take God's power, God doing great acts of judgment for Pharaoh to release Israel. And we're going to learn about that as we continue through this series. Moses had to learn to trust God to carry out his plan. And so Moses needed to do something. He needed to hear from God. He needed to obey God and speak to Pharaoh. But what would the ultimate result depend on? It would not depend on Moses' words alone, would it? But it would depend on God's power in great acts of judgment. And if you know the ten plagues, you know they got progressively worse and worse and worse. And so it's always God that gives the power to carry out his plan. And we need to think about God's plans for our lives. Oftentimes we have plans for our lives. You know, are they our plans or are they God's plans? We need to discern the difference because we can come up with plans for our lives. And if they're not from God, they're not going to work out. If the plan you're following for your life is something that you can do, something that you can carry out, be careful how I say this, but it's not fully God's plan. Because God's plans for our lives always require His power in order to be completed. God's vision for your life will always require His power to be fulfilled. And standing in the way of God's plan for your life will often be people with hardened hearts. Just like Pharaoh was standing in the way of God's plan for Moses and the people of Israel with a hardened heart. Hardened hearts and people are opportunities for God to receive glory. People's hardened hearts never are going to stop God's plan for our lives if we keep on believing and obeying God. What's behind a hardened heart that opposes God's plan for our lives? Well, behind a hardened heart lies the evil one, Satan. And as we continue to follow God's plan, as we continue to obey God, People with hardened hearts who oppose the plan have two basic options. The first option is to let God soften their hearts so they can repent and turn towards God, and we pray that would happen. The second option is they continue to harden their hearts against God, which will ultimately result in their destruction. And as we'll see, that's what happened with the Pharaoh. But despite opposition, we must trust God to carry out his plan. And so God's plan for your life and my life will involve accomplishing difficult tasks. Now, tasks can be difficult for a couple of reasons. Tasks may be difficult because you've never done something like what God is asking you to do. And doing something new, something you've never done before, is difficult. And oftentimes what God asks us to do are things we've never done before. Tasks may also be difficult because there's going to be opposition. Opposition from the enemy, often working through other people. And so when we confront evil in God's plan, as he will call us to do, we need to be prepared for rejection and difficulty. We need to be prepared for some persecution from people who aren't following God. But don't give up. 
keep on following God's plan. We need to learn to rely on God's promises because God's promises can give us hope and encouragement as we walk through life following his plan. Now, don't despair that you don't know every detail. You know, as human beings, we want to have it all charted out. We want to know every detail, what's going to happen today, what's going to happen next year, what's going to happen in five years. But God rarely gives us all those specifics all at once. Trust God to reveal his plan for your life. Trust God that he's going to reveal it one step at a time. He's always going to give you the information, the instruction you need to take the next step for him. And finally, know that God's power is available. It's not just available, it's essential for us to confront evil and to accomplish his plan in our lives. Now, the first step to following God's plan in our life is to become a believer, become a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what a Christian is. Uh, to do that, we need to admit that we've been following our own plans for our lives. That's really the definition of sin. That's what everybody starts doing in their life. They begin following their own plan for their life rather than God's. We need to admit that's what we've been doing. Secondly, we need to ask Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, to put our faith and trust in him, believing that he died on the cross, that we might be forgiven, and he rose from the dead. And then finally, we commit our lives to following him and his plan for our lives. So I'd like to ask everyone to bow your heads right now. We're going to pray. And if you've never prayed a prayer like this before, committing your life to Jesus Christ, I encourage you to pray along with me, or perhaps you've made some type of commitment in the past, but you've gotten away from it and, and you want to recommit your life, I'd encourage you to pray a prayer in your own mind, something like this. Say, Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've been following my plan for my life rather than yours. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross paid the penalty for my sins that I might be forgiven. I believe he rose from the dead, and I commit my life to following him and his plan for my life from this day forward. Help me to follow Jesus each and every day. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you today for reminding us of this example of Moses following your plan. It wasn't easy for him. Help us to learn not to be caught by surprise ourselves, but to be prepared for opposition and not to be discouraged and not to want to give up, but to keep on following your plan for our lives. And so we pray today for any here that are facing difficulty in their lives, who may be discouraged over the opposition that they're encountering in life and whether it's from other people or circumstances or whatever it's from, God, we pray for your encouragement. Help each of us to believe in you and to, to rely on your promises for us. Thank you that you've given us many wonderful promises in your word in the Bible. Thank you that you speak specific promises to us through your spirit. We believe, God, that you're going to help us and give us instruction and direction 
as we follow you. We thank you that you're going to give us the direction we need for the next step that we need to take as your plan unfolds. Forgive us for the times when we were impatient and not trusting you for your timing, for your plan. We trust you that your power will be sufficient. Your power will be all that we need to accomplish your plan for our lives. Even though we are weak, God, we know that you are strong. And we put our hope and trust in you. Father, we pray for our missionaries that we support, all the other thousands of Assembly God missionaries around the world. We specifically pray for Paul Clark in Austria. Uh, Europe is a difficult in difficult time now as, as the church is weak and many people have turned their backs on God. We pray for him that you'd give him favor, that people's hearts would turn to you and this church plant in Austria and that many more people would be saved. Encourage his heart even in difficulty and give him your steps, the next steps in your plan as he seeks to build your kingdom there. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.